Welcome to Wine and Murder Night, a podcast where two friends discuss and drink about their favorite cozy mysteries. I'm Carolyn Wilkie. I'm Sabrina Malshausen. And I... So, for the past two weeks-ish, I have had to learn new things about myself because... Well, it is awesome autumn where we learn new <laughs> things about ourselves, so... You know, Oof. actually, that's going really, really well. My little, like, I felt really stylish today. I felt good. Um, but I did not particularly enjoy this because it was not a choice that I made. I live in downtown Denver, and the area that I live in, um, I have no parking at my building. So it's all street parking. And I woke up one morning, got in my car to go to work, and heard something fall off. And I look on the floor, look on the ground, and it's my driver's side mirror. Like somebody had hit my driver's side mirror and the whole thing fell off. So for the last two weeks, I have been parallel parking without a driver's side mirror. I would have lost my shit. It (laughs) was so, so bad. And honestly, I have gotten, since I've been living, I've been living in this house for a little over a year now. I have gotten really good at parallel parking. I was terrible at it before I moved here, but it was one of those things where it's like, well, Carolyn, I guess you're going to just do it, (laughs) you know? And so I I try to actually have a very, like for as American as I am, I have a very European attitude about parallel parking, which is Mm -hmm. bumpers are there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I mean, and you know, don't get me wrong. I try very hard to not hit the car and I'm pretty good about, I'm pretty good at parallel parking, even in tight spaces, but like I'm going less than a mile, like an inch a minute. So I'm not that worried about like bumping your fucking car. And mm-hmm. frankly, you shouldn't be parking an expensive car on the street anyway, because it'll get stolen. So <laughs> I suppose, or I mean, it could, it could be, it could get, I mean, I, I lived in London, you know, people park their Benzes and their Maseratis and their whatever the fuck's on the street. Um, Nathan had an Aston Martin, which he absolutely did not park on the street, but, um, because it was a, literally a James Bond car. Not literally, it wasn't from a movie, but it was like a James Brown, a James Bond car, <laughs> you know. I would have liked it so much better if he had a James Brown car. Oh, Jesus, no, that, those fucking Cadillac boats. But, um, living, living in James Carol Brown. parking a James Brown car. Well, I do live London. in James Brown, James Brown's hometown. So, um, you know, I'm sure it could be done, but you know, so I'm from London and they park on the street because there's nowhere else to park. So, well, and I mean, same here in this, at least as this area of town, which is a very, very old, like 19 or yeah, 19 or 1880s kind of part of town. Mm -hmm. Uh, like my house was built at the turn of the century before cars were really a thing. I have a couple rules for myself. It's like, number one, bumpers are there for a reason. Mm -hmm. Number two, you could, you get mulligans. In my area of town, there's so few fucking parking spots that, like, you park when you find one. My mom, when she comes to visit me, will, like, go around forever trying to find an easy spot to park in. Whereas, like, I'm just like, no, no, no. I'm going to take the first one I see because, like, you might be going around for 15 minutes looking for a fucking parking spot. And that drives me batty. But I did have to really get over my, like, embarrassment about being a bad parallel parker just and, like, do it. Like, over and over and over again. I really think there are no good parallel parkers. <laughs> Just ones that have done it enough to make it look okay. Like, I'm the shittiest parallel parker ever, but I learned in England where I had to learn the opposite way. So, <laughs> I also looked really stylish today because it was the first day of really cool weather. Thank you, nice. Hurricane Michael. So I got to wear one of my... Last week, I said I had a tailor. Not all of my clothes are tailored. Let me, let me just make that. But I do have like seven tailored dresses mm-hmm. and um, I do make use of them. And I got to make use of my first kind of thicker fall dress with an elbow length sleeve. We were talking, literally two weeks ago, we were just talking about like the advent of fall. It is going to be 20 degrees Fahrenheit and snowing on Sunday here. I am so ready for this. It's dipping down into the 50s here, which is lovely. And it's actually going to be really, really 
cool by the end of October in the 60s degree Fahrenheit. So I'm quite excited. I get to sit out on my balcony tomorrow and not sweat out from under my boobs. It's going to be marvelous. Just my, I am still com almost completely naked. <laughs> Recording this. Happy, happy endings for every story is what I'm, <laughs> yeah. what I'm understanding here. In case you're wondering. Uh, what are you drinking tonight? A fucking Pinot Grigio. And it is a, it is a $10 wine. Miss, you can only have good wines that start at $10. That's absolute bollocks. I didn't say only. I said they are more likely to be better. And also, it doesn't count if you're drinking a wine that you already know you don't like the type of. Well, okay. There are so many Pinot Grigios in this world and so many different vineyards that I should, you know, I try to eat aubergines at least once a year to make sure I still hate them. I still fucking do, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and so I try to drink a Pinot Grigio at least once a month because maybe it'll shock me. And the more I drink it, the less fucking awful it is, but it's still fucking awful. <laughs> Just stop. Just don't drink it. Like, well, I mean, the next, my next bottle drink. of wine is an $11 bottle of wine, but that's, Ooh, what, that's what getting real fancy. I and it's sparkly. Uh, I am drinking a rickshaw Pinot Noir. It's a 2016 Pinot Noir out of California. Oh, mine is actually from Italy. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, it's a Villanelle. See, that's what you get with a $10 bottle. Yeah, fuck this noise. <laughs> Still a fucking Italian wine. The last one I drank was from Italy, and it was $14, and it was shit. <laughs> All right. You know what else I think is shit? Duh, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> do you want to talk about today's episode? Of course. Why are we here? <laughs> Today we're talking about Father Brown, Season 1, Episode 4, The Man in the Tree. You know who else is looking super fucking cute? Lady Felicia. I can't wear trousers because I'm fat. <laughs> so I don't you wear You can wear trousers. anything you want. Nope. I don't But you should always wear whole... things that you look you feel good in. But Lady Felicia, being the model that she is, of course looks good in anything that she wears. So, I know, but I loved this whole outfit with, like, her fucking hat. She's going out sketching slash painting, and that's what you wear when you sketch slash paint. I know, but hers is so perfect. It's the hat and the scarf and yes. everything, yes. and I love it. But Lady Felicia, being Lady Felicia, finds a spot to paint, and then all of a sudden, blood drips on her. So here's the thing about theatrical moaning. No one ever does it right. Because it always sounds like sexual moaning, even when it's painful. And so I'm sure Lady Felicia is like, ooh, is someone getting frisky? Let's go investigate. And then she's like, oh no, no, not frisky. Not frisky. Anyway, she looks up and she sees a man in this tree covered in scratches and scrapes and blood. And she screams and we cut to title. But the man is still alive, so we don't get... Her scream is not as high-pitched as it is if she's seeing a dead man. Yeah, exactly. It's more of like, let's alert the authorities scream, mm -hmm. as opposed to I'm actually truly shocked. Though, at this point, I feel like Lady Felicia, she has seen... This is episode four, and Lady Felicia has stumbled on at least three of the four deaths. Yeah, but blood hasn't ever gotten on her. No, my point is, though, I think she should be... I, like, if you're Lady Felicia, aren't you at least, like, seeing a fucking therapist about this? Yeah, probably. Although, like, so psychotherapy in the 1950s was a little quacky, so maybe not. <laughs> yeah, okay, that is very fair. But at the same time, like, I would be pretty fucking traumatized. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You know, we cut the title, and then we get to see Father Brown and Mrs. McCarthy are waiting for the train to come in. And they give us a little bit of exposition. Um, they're waiting for a German priest the German, to yeah. come visit. <laughs> the German. <laughs> to, and he's going to give a uh, mass on peace or mass for peace, I should mm -hmm. say. So he gets off the train and, you know, they're greeting him and all of that I, shit. I really like that she has a little Union Jack in her hand. <laughs> 
Like, okay, so here's the thing. Um, the Swedes and the Danes put flags on fucking, when you have a baby that's born, they come and bring you the baby present with a flag. Um, your birthday cakes all have flags. Any holiday whatsoever, Christmas included, Easter, whatever the fuck, flags. Just flags everywhere. Is that why when I sent the picture of the smorgasbord, uh, the... Yeah, when you posted it on Instagram, I was like, Danish flags? There were not any Danish flags. You can buy (laughs) little toothpick Danish flags off Amazon. And I was disappointed that Kirsten had not done so. (laughs) She did. She did do her best. She definitely did her best. No, 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 no. It looked like a proper smorgasbord. Well, a proper proper Danish one. Yes, smorgasbord. But there were no flags. So it failed. (laughs) Nine out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> That's like that highest rating that one can get from a Sabrina. So. Yes, very true. So <laughs> you always, I, you, I take a point off, and it wasn't, it wasn't traditional. <laughs> so one of the things that was obviously leading into this, this, this is a, I felt overall this is a very exposition heavy episode. It was. I had, I had a lot of issues with this episode, but. Yeah, spoilers. Literally, right after they, you know, leave this exit stage left, this woman gets off the train and... Lots of sketchy things are also happening on this train. (laughs) Right, well, there's that, but my thing was, like, the camera lingers on this woman that gets off the train, so we know she's obviously super-duper important. But that wasn't... I like that that wasn't exposition. Nobody was like, ooh, look at that lady. Until later. I feel like... Especially in visual media, the camera does a lot of its own exposition, though. Yeah. Right? Like, it doesn't necessarily have to be said to be... Okay. Cozy Mysteries, once again, are kind of the working man's show. They need to, (laughs) like, the camera lingering to let you know that this character is important is just what happens. Yeah, this... And remember, they could also be red herrings, so... It can always be red herrings, but this was absolutely an episode, I feel like, that treated me like I was dumb. Mrs. McCarthy is being her usual self. Yes. Very brusque to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, though at this time, like, most of the time when she's being her normal snotty self, I'm just like, what the fuck, Mrs. McCarthy? But I get it. Like, at this point, like, we're still talking early 1950s. Yeah, this is why the last episode was anachronistic, because by 1958, they had mostly gotten over their pure anger over the Germans. And then mm-hmm. pure animosity. So this this episode tells me that it was early on, that season one is in the ni- early 1950s. Yeah, I can at least get it that she was doing this. But as they're walking back to the church, they come upon the man being uh, carried off and they uh, run into Inspector... <laughs> I wrote down, Inspector Hugo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, bloody Valentine. But he's back to being extremely brusque with Father Brown again. Yes. And it, it feels like last episode just didn't happen, mm-hmm. frankly. Yeah. Like, maybe they showed it out of order or something like that, but, like, every little bit of character development that happened in episode three seems to be gone in episode four. I think so. Oh, it might It might not that it was shown in order. It's that it's usually filmed out of order, and so the continuity just might be off. Like, this one might have been filmed earlier and then shown later. Yeah, and, so, and I get that, but also, I mean, if that's the case, or what I would really ex- expect is that they were written out of order, mm-hmm. which is the major issue. Yeah. And if that is the case, then they should air this episode before they air the other episode where some of these wounds are smoothed over. Yeah. And then we as viewers, regardless of when they were filmed or when they were written, mm-hmm. would have at least a little bit of continuity. Yeah. And Inspector Valentine is like, basically keep your nose out of it to Father Brown. I, I wrote that the fear on uh, the German Father Francis face isn't shock 
at the horror of the sight of this man being pulled down from the tree. But it's foreshadowing, and this is kind of heavy foreshadowing, which isn't poor. And see, this is the thing. This is, once again, we'll have to talk about it at the end, but, but this might be where somebody might look at this and be like, this is weak. Mm-hmm. But we, they go to church, and I guess it's like a normal Sunday. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out that who the woman off the train is. Her mm-hmm. name is Annie. And Annie we also makes... find out through a fun little exchange with Mrs. McCarthy and Lady Felicia that she was in prison for prostitution. Yep. I love Lady Felicia's dress. I have that exact dress in black. She, Lady Felicia had had an amazing wardrobe this episode. I will yes. say, like, of, of if I had to pick one thing that could potentially save this episode, it was Lady Aww. Felicia's wardrobe. <laughs> We didn't like this episode for two different reasons. <laughs> I can already tell. <laughs> like, but we also get to see Susie again. Mm-hmm. Love Susie. I do. Um, but she, she is extreme. Like, of everybody. Like, so Mrs. McCarthy is, you know, being her normal snotty self. And Father Brown is trying to really embrace the whole, like, message of peace thing. Mm-hmm. And Lady Felicia... Generally follows Father Brown's Lady Felicia follows him because she thinks that Father Franz is attractive. She does do that. Like, like he's a good-looking man. <laughs> Obviously not a criminal. But uh, Susie, when she finds out that he is German, is, of everybody, the most upset. And I actually did like this little detail, that she was the one who really couldn't handle it. Because we see Susie as a very, like, pleasant, mild-mannered person in every other episode. And here she was dealing with some actual, like, for real, real anger. Mm-hmm. I guess everybody's just milling around outside um, after church. As, I mean, as people do. Yeah, you mill after church. That's not abnormal. The fact that the weather is so nice in England most of the time is that you can mill outside. I wouldn't say England is known for nice weather, but... I mean, forever. I say cool. When I say nice, I mean not hot. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> that is very, very fair. I love rain. I love dreariness. I love all of that. I know I'm not... I'm, once again, I'm not 100% British, but I actually love grey, cold, miserable fucking days because they're very, very rare and they're the only things that make me not schwitz constantly. <laughs> what I thought was interesting about this scene was that Inspector Valentine... had invited himself to the milling party. Yes, of course he did. He is an atheist, so he wouldn't go to mass. Well, that's what I was like, okay, but why are you here? Because the tea is Specifically here. But he's going around and kind of questioning a couple of the people that got off the train, including Annie. Mm -hmm. um, And another man uh, talks to Father Brown, and he's like, oh, I was asleep the whole time. Yeah, Christy Nolan. Another important person. And he talks to Sid, because Sid just got got off the train also. What did I write about Sid? Sid Carter is just sketchy as fuck. That's very fair. But Sid says that he saw Annie in first class, Mm -hmm. even though Annie said that she was in third class the whole time. Ooh, who could be telling the truth? It's certainly not Uh, sketchy as fuck Sid Carter. Right? Like, if I had to choose between a guy that just walked out of mass... Mm-hmm. And sketchy as fuck Sid. Who, but wasn't he at Mass? I think he was at Mass trying to project, like, I think he's just trying to, I mean, okay. He's trying, I'm not to, saying he's that, trying to get up Susie's skirt. So yeah, of course like, I mean, he's not at Mass, like, to better his soul. Yeah, he's at Mass because he wants Susie to see him at Mass. Which yes. makes him continue to be sketchy as fuck. <laughs> like, I mean, sure, he's the only bit of good looking he's the only bit of nice in all of saint mary's but jesus fucking christ like susie can do so much better i mean at the very least he's putting the effort in yes which you can't say about a lot of men well true but i still would turn him down well i'm not saying yes (laughs) yes i mean i'm not gonna make the case for sid carter but you know if 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 all you're doing is trying to get laid, 
Okay. There are a lot of men who do less than go to mass to impress the girl they're trying to get. Like, like go to mass and learn like a pickup line in your yeah. native language. Exactly. You know, there, like you. There are men that it's do not less. Game. I have learned most of the languages that I know because I want to pick up men. But, <laughs> <laughs> after church goes with Mrs. McCarthy to the hospital to check mm-hmm. in on the um, man who fell into the tree. Mm-hmm. She and names him Bill. Bill! <laughs> Sorry. Bill? Vampire Bill. Not Bill Compton. Just No. <laughs> Just Played by some other rando. This episode was nothing but rando. They blew their wad. In last episode. They spent all their budget on four of the five British actors. So. <laughs> they spent all their budget last episode, which is why this one is so crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I really wanted So I actually liked this exchange quite a bit. And when Father Brown goes, like, the face can tell a big story. I thought I really wanted him to see more than what he saw in that. Like, I wanted that to be a bigger clue than it ended up being. The very first time I saw it, because I thought this was going in a different direction, I thought that he had noticed a tattoo or something that someone else had missed. I thought he would have noticed some, like, medical peculiarity that, like, like oh, well, people in England like, don't have this thing. Like, he, like, oh, this man is German because of this. Um right. That's where I thought it was going. And instead, he's just talking about, like, he sees scratches on the face and, like, determines they are, like, came from not the tree, but a human hand. Yeah. So he rushes off to find Annie. But Annie's being... Annie's being... Fuck, what is that fucking word? Annie's being interviewed by Inspector Valentine. Yes. And we find out that she was actually the suspect in an old murder case. Mm -hmm. Um, And she, where she had similarly, or like, had defended herself from uh, an advance, an unwanted advance, even though, you know, Prostitutes don't get the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. usually, when that happens. No, and so poor Annie Mace is as a first suspect because she's a fallen woman, she's a prostitute, like, and so as a sex worker and as a woman of ill repute, obviously she's going to be the first suspect because yeah. this is this is England in the 1950s. I mean, the more things change, the more they stay the same, though. What? That's another too soon moment, I think, right? Oh, it's never too soon. It's never too soon to talk about the patriarchy. <laughs> Who walks into the police station other than Christy Nolan? And at like in this scene and in the very brief moment that he's talked to Father Brown, I was like, is he supposed to be playing somebody who's like developmentally disabled or like because he just said like the words so slowly and so articulate like I mean like like very very I thought that the first time I watched it too and then the second time I watched it I was like oh this is a man who's been coached well I guess there is that maybe you could read it that way maybe he's acting better than I gave him credit for because I have this very much like this is a man who doesn't know how to act (laughs) yeah no. no this is a man who has been coached and is a terrible liar. But he alibis Annie, which is what we're talking about. But they go to the soiree with free buffet that Lady Felicia is showing. Now, you liked her church dress. Mm. I fucking loved this dress. No, I really liked her church dress because I have a similar one. It's not the exact no, same No, but one, this but dress is so okay. over the top. And OTT. So good. Huh. It's got like... Satin and it's black, but it's got red polka dots. I love a polka dot moment. I do love polka dots as well. I wish I had more polka dots. Uh, I just got this really cute sweater with polka dots on it. I have a navy blue dress, one of my tailored, that has red and white little overlapping polka dots. Nice. And nice. it's when I'm feeling either patriotic or French. It's 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 red, white, and blue. So you can wear it. 
for like 90% of the countries on earth. Right. So they're at the soiree. Father Frank, which is how my subtitles had him, even though I'm sure it was Franz, is giving his little... No, it's Frank. It's Father Frank. Is it Frank? Yeah. yeah. Father Frank is giving his little like, thank you speech for having, thank you for having me speech. And Sid rides in on his motorcycle. Because he learned the Polish word for motorcycle. Oh, I did not get this. I was like, why is he making such a big deal over this? Like, is this like some slang that I'm no, supposed to Because it's know? Polish. Uh, I actually kind of like, I really liked the way he was styled for this also, because his jacket is obviously old and too big. Mm-hmm. And it was one of the, it was a nice touch because, you know, Sid's wearing like a very normal 1950s cardigan and the pleated 1950s pants that you would expect any 1950s man to be wearing. But then having this leather jacket be too big mm-hmm. was a nice little touch for a guy like Sid, who is supposed to be known as as kind of poor and shifty and steals things and stuff mm-hmm. like that, which is a theme throughout yes. the episode. And the styling was a really good little touch there that honestly until we started talking about it i didn't really appreciate it. i was going to actually say something like why was he wearing that big jacket but then i realized he was wearing that big jacket because he got it probably like secondhand super super duper secondhand mm-hmm. and that's the only way he would have a jacket like that yeah and he's a slim man to begin with mm-hmm. like most people everyone in britain in the 1950s was very undernourished Mm-hmm. Like so, like Mrs. McCarthy and Father Brown being as healthy as they were is, a, is not a great sign. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Sid and Su- Sid's, you know, chatting up Susie about his motorcycle, mm-hmm. and Father Frank approaches the two, and he gets into a kind of a little jab, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry." You know, Susie's still very. Doesn't want to talk to him. Yeah, so he says he's approached uninvited. And Sid retorts, that didn't stop you in Poland. (laughs) Oh, fuck. I felt that burn through my TV. Poor Susie. Who is, again, understandably upset. Love triangles are the worst. Ah, yeah. Thruples for the win. Well, (laughs) I mean, I don't disagree with that. Like, I've, like... Sure, whatever. My my thing is like I I so fucking I so mm, it barely even started yet, but I so fucking hated the the shoehorned romantic dynamic between Frank and Susie. It's still literally never too late to talk about the patriarchy. <laughs> like, this is all that this is. Like of course, I, I also... That was my least favorite part of this episode. It makes no goddamn sense. I mostly like this episode, except for the... Sh- I would have not minded them coming to, like, a detente or an understanding. It didn't have to that be That would have made a lot more sense than yeah. the overly saccharine romantic overtones that this relationship but that has that are thrust upon this relationship yeah in the space of 20 fucking minutes yeah this is this is the 1950s and it's a penny dreadful so we just have to deal with it i mean i mm, i know i don't have to deal with fucking shit take that patriarchy (laughs) no but really it's just there and that's how it is. And the Brits, for all their fantastic shows, are actually, when you get down to it, like, you know, there are only five plots in the world, and the Brits do them all at once. <laughs> that's basically what they tried to do in this exact... They tried to take every hero archetype and mm-hmm. put it in this one episode. Yep. And, uh, like, uh, every character oh my God. Like multiple archetypes at one time. I am so sorry. I just turned over the back of my wine, and it has a little script about what you eat with it. But then it has a picture of a map of Italy and where mm-hmm. the wine is grown in Italy. And then there's a little small square map of fucking Europe. In case you needed to know, remember where fucking Italy was. 
Hey, I just learned today that .ch is the common uh, suffix for Swiss websites. I can't believe you didn't know that, but I'm glad you learned. I'm learning new things every day. But anyway, so Father Frank, so Susie is obviously super duper upset about this whole fucking Hey, you know that big war that happened? Yeah. Uh, situation? Breaks her, breaks her glass and cuts her hand. And Father Frank drags her off uh, to the kitchen to get it a nice dressing. Mm-hmm. And she drops a little like, oh, your face is so serious, like a doctor. More very blatant foreshadowing. Right. Let's just shove it in your face in case you didn't catch it. Meanwhile, the inspector confronts Sid about his newly acquired motorcycle. 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 (laughs) You know, I mean, I know why this scene exists. This scene was really weirdly lit. This whole episode, there was just something fucking off about it. And, like, there was something so off about it that I went and, like, looked at the cast and crew Mm -hmm. to see if, like, it was edited by somebody different or if the sound design was by somebody different. And, no, it was all of the same people except for the writer. And I'm just wondering if they, like, saw this fucking script and were like, I don't know. We'll just try it, I guess. Uh, Well, uh, shows about post-World War II, when you have the Germans in the Germans, yeah, all, all really weird because they're all moralistic and they're all so this is actually this episode follows a trope of British television about post-war England and so it might be that you don't like it because you've not seen enough of this trope and I was like oh well here's another one well, so... I get... no I mean okay maybe that could absolutely be true mm-hmm. But what I'm talking about this show, this specific episode, is it feels very off in a weird either direction way or editing way or like lighting or sound. Like the the whole ambiance of this episode is very different from a technical perspective. And I don't know why. I understand. And it just, it really graded. In addition to the stupid plot. So the inspector doesn't buy for a fucking second Sid's whole story about his granny giving him 50 50 quid. Which he shouldn't. Right. Sid's a shady fucker. Meanwhile, Father Brown goes up to Christy Nolan and confronts him about his uh, story where he gave, it said Annie was in third class the whole time, but it said to Father Brown that he was asleep. Mm -hmm. And he also confronts Sid because he also was like, what the fuck, Sid? You did not get this motorcycle from your grandmother, basically. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the next day starts off with Annie and she's slipping on her little robe and we get to see like dark fingerprint bruises on her arm. Mm -hmm. So we know she's been attacked by a man. Mm -hmm. Father Brown shows up at her door with provisions I should say, Father Brown shows up at her door with a bad excuse. <laughs> yes, very true. With a chunk of cheese and a tin of uh, two tins of apricots. Which, <laughs> for a woman like Annie Mace, would have been tempting. I mean, he gets in the door, no, so... Yeah. That said, he does have to perform manual labor. Yeah. I really, I will say, I really like Annie. I Did like you? Annie in this episode. Yeah. What made me love Annie is not only her own self-awareness, but the power that she has in that Mm self-awareness. So the thing about sex workers that I like is that they have harnessed exactly what it is that make men tick. Mm -hmm. And so they don't have to care about anything else. So they have harnessed the power of the patriarchy and subverted it. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I think even more than that, like, she's so comfortable in her standing, or not comfortable, I mean, I should say comfortable in her skin mm-hmm. and comfortable, not, because there's so many people who are more, like, resigned 
to their status. Mm -hmm. But she's comfortable in her status and comfortable using it in a way that is more empowering than, uh, I guess, ashamed? That's not the right word. She's not ashamed of who she is, which is... No, not at all. Yeah. Meanwhile, the inspector... Shows up at Sid's caravan. Oh no. I love his cute little caravan. I actually, this is my favorite part of camera work. This is the only like good shot mm. in the entire episode. Yeah, it was kind yes. of a weird. I, yeah. Now that, now that you're pointing it out, I'm like, yeah, okay. It was a weirdly shot episode, right? It was. It was. It, it was just choppy and weirdly lit and the sound sounded different. Yeah, I feel like, like I this was just... I don't know what happened. Filmed earlier and then put out later. Maybe this was supposed to be the pilot. Yeah, maybe. Because it feels like a pilot episode. Yeah. But the whole thing is that, so the inspector shows up and there's a fire burning in Sid's front yard and he's like, whoa, I can't find anything in that. But Sid had sent an incriminating telegram because Sid's not very bright, telling... Uh, his granny to lie for him about the 50 quid. Hey, don't send a telegram. Send a letter. It'll get there at the same time. Hey, they can't open letters. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sid, if you're a real criminal, and then you write it in some kind of code. It doesn't even have to be a difficult code. You could put the number 50 somewhere in there, capitalize random letters, and there you have it. For fuck's sake, OPSEC. Operational security. God. Sid. Sid. Sid is not a good spy. And this is actually listening to what I just said. I see why my students think I'm a spy. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately see why my students think I'm a spy. Sid's computer password would be like 123 password. But my father was also signal intelligence. So like I grew up around intelligence and intel and analysts speak all my life and i did two years with the german navy as an analyst so really really when did you do time with the german navy oh after high school you never told me that this is li- i'm learning new things about <laughs> my, my my brina who i have known for seven fucking years now i did it two years after high school that's why i started at cambridge like uh... Meanwhile, sorry. Back on the ranch. I'm so sorry. Back in Kemblford. Yeah. Oh, that's what uh, the name of the town is. I never fucking know where we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is a made-up town, so yeah. why would you? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Mrs. McCarthy is talking to Bill. <laughs> How would you say it? say it German? Say it with a German accent. Well, you don't call. No, that's the point. You have to say it with a German accent. Oh, you don't call it Bill. Bill. <laughs> It's, you don't call them. Bill. Like if a German met a guy, are you an American named Bill? What, what, like, how would he say? I said Bill. 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 No, you. Mrs. Say- McCarthy is talking to Bill. Yes. <laughs> I was like, how would you say that? <laughs> Mrs. McCarthy is talking to Bill, uh, and Lady Felicia shows up, and like, they're t- doing a very fucking Britishly hostile standoff, and she's like, "Well, I thought I could." She's got Lady Chatterley's lover in her. I know! And I'm like, yeah, you know what? That would wake up any bloke. (laughs) I wonder when that stopped being banned. Excuse me, I have to do research because it was a banned book for a long time. I will, I believe that. So here's my, so here's my thing. So I just watched in the not cozy mystery uh, section of things, Mm -hmm. um, a Netflix show called Happy Valley, which was ridiculously good strong yeah. recommend if you I love Happy Valley yeah super strong recommend well the guy who plays basically the main bad guy mm-hmm. is British actor named James Horner mm-hmm. and he's ridiculously beautiful yes ridiculously he's like, not bad, it is distracting he's not a bad bit not a bad bit distractingly beautiful he is in an adaptation of Lady Chatterley's Lady Chatterley's lover, uh-huh. lover. No, baby. The only Lady Chatterley's lover that matters is Sean Bean's version. And fuck you. <laughs> well, I've never otherwise. seen any of them. I've never seen any of them. <laughs> no. Nope. So you could very well one. be right. There's only one. 
but I very much want to see it now. I cannot believe you would even mention James Horner when there's Sean Beans. Like, fuck all that. We are just going to have to agree to disagree on this one. Oh, no, ma'am. <laughs> Not in this world. It's Sean Bean, it's Tom Hardy, it's Chris Hemsworth. Are the only three actors that matter. Sure, yes and yes, but also, this man is beautiful. I'm just saying, go watch Happy Valley and then you will... Oh, no, I've it. already seen Happy Valley. I know, not you, so, I'm talking to our like, listeners. I'm talking have- directly, I'm breaking the fourth wall. So Lady Felicia and Mrs. McCarthy hear glass shatter, and they rush back into the room because they've been having this standoff in the hallway, and Bill is gasping for air. Bill. Bill. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not going to get it right. No, you're not. <laughs> it's okay. I'm also almost done. So I'd have two glasses out of this bottle. I'm not even done already. with one. Oh, wait, no, this is my second one. Hey! I'm going to finish this bottle by the end of this podcast. Oh. I'm going to have to finish it because it's so shit. <laughs> just, or, or make a marinade. Do you just, eat, like, save Can it and make a marinade? Make carbonara with Pinot Grigio? Not carbonara. I said a marinade. I don't know where I got carbonara marinade? from marinade. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. I just yeah, really clearly. wanted carbonara. <laughs> Who doesn't? And Inspector, v- my notes are not good for this. So, okay, confession. Let me see my notes. Confession. I watched this episode after getting back from happy hour. Okay. So I, I literally also- watched this episode today. 15 minutes before recording. I might be a little bit resentful that I had to leave happy hour to watch this episode and that, and I didn't like it. And so I think that might be also like dropping it a, like a star, yeah. you know, like, a, like normally this would be a three star episode because it was fine-ish, but right now I'm angry at it. So it's a two. <laughs> It's a, it's still a three star episode for me. Yeah, all right, whatever, whatever. Because of reasons. No, you don't have the reasons that I have the reasons. You don't have whatever. Um, so my notes say Inspector Valentine is back to being resentful. Uh, I don't know why because I didn't write it down. So wait, good news. At least you can watch all of these, dear listener. Uh, uh, they're available on Netflix. They are all available on Netflix in America. Uh, you probably have an easier time, actually, watching BBC shows in the UK. No shit. Sid, meanwhile, has gone to intimidate... I have had two glasses of wine. Intimidate Christy. You're a bad uh, drunk. No, I'm a... No, no, no. So when I get drunk, the first thing that goes is my language. <laughs> like, full on, I slur after, like, a glass. Anyway, so Father Brown has clued Sid into Christie's little, little I saw Annie in the third class. Mm-hmm. And Sid, being afraid for his own life, mm-hmm. goes and is like intimidating him. Mm-hmm. And the inspector, who has been told by Father Brown to go talk to Christie again, mm-hmm. sees this. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Father Brown goes back to Annie's and she files a complaint against him because he's now harassing her. Yeah. Which, again, a valid thing to do. She's not going to take guff from any man. Even ones in cassocks. Mrs. McCarthy has adopted Belle. And Father Frank comes by to see how he's doing. And he's trying real fucking hard to get Mrs. McCarthy to leave. Mm-hmm. Real fucking hard. Again, very much a shove it in your face like a pillow. And once again, smothering you think it's bad writing and bad camera work. I really wish we were at the end right now. Because I just can't... say it. Just say it. Just okay. say it. That's fine. He was never trying to hide it. Mm. He wouldn't be good. He's trying to hide it. No, he's trying to he's hide really it enough. Not. And so... Okay, so he's trying to hide it, but what he thinks he's doing is right. And I actually am on his side. So for me, it's more like he never, he even explained it. He didn't want 
to do what he did. He didn't want him to die. He just wanted him to admit what he had done. So for me, yeah, he never meant to go through with the charade. Because when I first watched this, I thought this was, he was the Nazi trying to hide. And the guy he almost killed was a, like a Nazi hunter. Mm-hmm. That was my very beginning. Like, okay, this is how it's going to be. Because cause Wilhelm, or the fake father Frank, is blonde. Mm-hmm. And blue-eyed. So he's very Aryan. And the guy he was, that he nearly killed, was not. I did not, I will say I didn't look at it that way. So, so for me, he never wanted it to be a whole full charade, which is why it fell apart so easily. So the whole thing is predicated on this really shaky notion of he didn't want the man to die, first off. He just wanted him to admit what he had done. And then, like, he had to play this up, but he couldn't. And he felt bad for Susie. He was legitimately on her side. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't, like, he was one of the handful of jumps. So this is why, I think this is where you and I separate, because I have personal connection to this whole fucking storyline mm-hmm. um, as a German. My fucking last name is Marshhausen. I can't get any more German than this. <laughs> like, so I think you and I had a different look at it because of what we're looking at and how we're looking at it. But it was still not the greatest episode it could have been. I do agree that it was not great. I think I think where I'm coming at it from is less that I I disagreed with the character motivations. Mm. Because I did. I I, I liked <sighs> I think I think from a plot perspective, and I'll I'll talk more about this. I think from a plot perspective, I I disagreed in that I thought that it made a it was a disservice to any sort of tension oh, in yeah. the plot. Oh yeah. And not so much that I didn't like the character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So my 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 objections to Wilhelm are less that I think he did the things that a Wilhelm would do, and more that I think the choices that they made as writers to write Wilhelm the way that they did yeah, made things it's, less okay, interesting. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about Wilhelm. There's so few Wilhelms. There's so few Germans that oppose the Nazis mm-hmm. that that it's hard to even like as a. Um, as we already have discussed, my master's degree is in peace and conflict studies. And one of the first things we read about was genocides. And of course, mm-hmm. me being German, I was like, I'll read about the Holocaust <laughs> because I can do so much with that. And I'm a masochist. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was bad. And not enough Germans fought against the Nazis. And mm-hmm. so, and the thing is, you don't get any first-hand accounts of Germans fighting against the Nazis. So you hear a lot of second-hand accounts. And literally, literally, we have maybe 15 stories to go on. Maybe 15 stories of absolute courage, bravery, and moral moral rectitude of Germans mm-hmm. doing the right thing. 15! Like, of the thousands of stories you could have gotten. And so there's so there's so few and they're so sketchy. So trying to build a righteous German during World War Two is hard. It's fucking hard and it's fucking ridiculous. And the fact that we have this narrative is fucking dumb. We wouldn't have had Hitler if more than fifteen Germans had stood up and said something. Right. So well, I mean, even if it was a thousand, it probably wouldn't have been enough. Yeah, it would have had to been half the country. Right. So. Over half the country. Like, a super majority, right? Like, 60% mm-hmm. of the country. It wasn't. And so, trying to build Wilhelm into a likable character when there isn't a likable character, when what we did was wrong, and what we did was evil, and what we did was bad. The fact that I literally thought that Wilhelm was the Nazi trying to get away with it at the beginning tells you exactly what you should think about any German story of World War II. The majority is that these were rats. These were rats trying to get out. 
And it was literally called the Rat Line, the Rat Line from Germany to Argentina and Peru and South and other countries in South America, and and Father Franz's story was a Rat Line story. So I appreciated、yes. that. But the fact that I they, did appreciate that. The、yeah. fact that they try to make well, and this is why I'm angry. So this is why I think we, you and I, looked at the story maybe a tiny bit differently. And I'm I'm angry now. Is that they try to sketch up this fucking man. As anything other than you know, good that he opposed the Nazis. Sad that his wife died. But fucking hell, there should have been more stories like that, and there weren't. So、mm-hmm. I was annoyed at the story. I didn't like the story because it was another fucking narrative of a brave German fighting against the Nazis when it was bullshit. It's the minority. Yeah. It would have been a better story had he been a Nazi as well. My grandfather was a Nazi. My great uncle、mm-hmm. died in the North African coast. Like I am a military girl, and when I say military, I mean military on both sides. My German family fought in World War One and World War Two, so I can't take the story seriously. Wilhelm was an Aryan, and he was an Aryan doctor. It would have been a much better story if there was any kind of moral conflict. That's where I'm coming from. Specifically, is by making him the quote unquote good German when there when there when there were none, guys, guys, <laughs> there were not enough good Germans, and I'm no, angry it, about it now because we hear too much about them. This is this is absolutely the hashtag not all Germans <laughs> episode. <laughs> I was just in Germany last year,、mm-hmm. and it was a very. I mean, I went to Berlin, and I'm not like apparently Berlin is like a super duper party city, and I'm not a super duper party person. So I went to like the Holocaust Memorial, <laughs> and、uh, the、um, I don't remember the official name for it, but it's basically the Museum of East Berlin,、mm-hmm. and、um, that's that's my jam. Museum, of course, I love museums as well. So. <laughs> This right, is why but, we're friends. I mean, it was it was it was profound to see all of the ways that they have internalized into the very structure of the city what happened in World War Two. And why wouldn't they?、Um, when I studied abroad in Lyon, they everything was the bridges, the universities, the high schools, the. The airport Anton at Sanusbury was named for heroes of World War Two.、Mm-hmm. Americans do not understand the impact of World War Two because it didn't. It didn't impact America as much as it did Europe. No, and and I think and I think that's a big reason why we have the issues that we have today is that we don't have any lasting markers of war because the last war fought on American soil for real. Was the Civil War very true? And so, one of the biggest things is people are always like, "Why do you still get upset about World War Two? Because it's you know at this point, it's, what eighty years ago?" And I'm like, "You, my mother was born in 1950, guys. My mother remembers USAID packages where she the, where the flour actually got mixed up with the soap powder, and because they were so poor, they had to like." Clean out the soap powder or the flour, and the flour would bubble when they would bake. My mother was affected by it. My mother,、mm-hmm. my mother. So therefore, I am affected by it. I remember watching a documentary about a black Hitler youth, and I remember thinking, "Holy shit! Holy shit!" He was from Namibia. Which was a German territory up until nineteen sixteen or so. So、um, mm-hmm. his family was from Namibia, and he was a Hitler youth. And I remember watching that and thinking, my mother would have been killed for marrying my father in World War Two. So this episode was awful in more ways than one. Awful in that it was very obvious from the beginning. 
who the who the who the criminal was, but awful in that it was another another show perpetrating the myth of the German active bystanders are called people who who stand up for it. the the German resistance. Yeah. So that's why I hated this episode. I wanted it to be more than it was. Uh, I'm gonna skip over most of the plot stuff because. Honestly, it was weak. Yeah, it was quite weak. But I like when Mrs. It, McCarthy, I wrote, Mrs. McCarthy goes wild because she was so angry <laughs> at the blasphemy in her church. Yes, that was so, great. So to skip ahead in the plot a little bit because we just went through pretty much everything. Guys, okay. Um, Wilhelm <laughs> is, okay, the dude the that was actually the priest not the priest. He's this dude named Vil. He's a doctor named Wilhelm, whose wife. But the reason killed. we catch him, which is this absolute great scene, mm-hmm. is that Father Brown figures out with the help of Susie and Sid and everybody that Annie and Christy are dating, and then he goes into the church during uh, Wilhelm's mass for Father Frank's mass for peace, and it's the shittiest mass ever. But it's the shittiest because he didn't expect that he would have to do it. He didn't expect he'd have to do it. And Father Brown starts quizzing him on, like, a simple Catholic phrase. Like, I don't even know what you call that. Because I'm not Catholic. Phrase? Blessing? Mantra? Fucking, neither one of us are Catholic. We don't know. So, Father Brown catches him because Wilhelm doesn't know, knows less about Catholicism than we do. Uh, Yeah. And he goes, oh, he asks him the Sunday hymn, um... Be with God, go forth, and whatever. And Ms. McCarthy whatever. goes, be fruitful. It's- yeah, Ms. McCarthy roll upset. Mm. Uh, anyway, the point is that Wilhelm was a good Nazi, or not, fuck. That would, I've had a lot to drink. Wilhelm was a good German, opposed the Nazis, blah, 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 blah. Took all the tension out. And what's real fucking, like, another thing that's really fucking pissed me off about this episode Susie, like at the button, in the button, Sid's still flirting with Susie, which is cute, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, when uh, he comes back out of imprisonment and tries to say, I miss your smile in Polish. Yeah, that was cute. That was cute. I get the props for that. Yeah. Yeah. But what really fucking got me about this episode, and we did not go off on this enough, was Susie is absolved were forgiven by Mrs. McCarthy for having feelings for a priest. And I'm just like, what the fuck is... This is some bull... Like, this is, like, some bullshit. This is, like, straight up, I know it's 2018 and I'm watching something that's supposed to be set in the 1950s. I get it. I get it. Maybe this is just 2018, Carolyn, not dealing well with this. But at the same time, this whole... A... The patriarchy... Right? That's all I'm saying is it's fucking bullshit. Well, the patriarchy is bullshit, so there you go. Alright, alright. We have official questions about the episode that we talked about. Did you figure it out? Yes. Me too. Even on the first go-around. This one shoved the answer into your face like so much whipped cream pie. The first girl around, I figured Wilhelm was a killer, but I figured Wilhelm was just killing a Jew. So that was the problem. I just got it. I mean, I won't say, I, I can't speak to my first go around, but the second go around, I was like, this dude is clearly the dude who pushed him out the train. Yeah. Like, that's all I was trying to figure out. I figured it out that it was the blonde that pushed him out, but I it was for different reasons. So. Yeah, I would never have guessed this guy was a Nazi who killed my wife and I was a good German. Mm-hmm. Right, but I definitely, clearly... Yeah, um, they really casted that really poorly. I mean, or good, because maybe they wanted people to think what you thought. Yeah, it's very true. That was a red herring. Maybe maybe his piercing blue eyes were the red herring all along. This was a really handsome bloke, though. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know about that. I thought that Wilhelm was quite handsome, and that could just be the German in me speaking to the German (laughs) in me. We know how we feel about this episode. So, real quick. We feel about this episode in different ways. Because. Did you like it? 
There are parts that I liked. I actually wrote down the, we can stop. Uh, there's this line that Wilhelm says, that he says, the line that it didn't stop you invading Poland, that was killer. Mm-hmm. And then, that was Sid, but yeah, that was a great line. And then the Lady Chatterley's lover. That was good. And then, oh, I didn't even talk about the Rag and Bone Man. Christy Nolan is a Rag and Bone Man, and he's kind of a junk collector. Mm-hmm. So I didn't talk about that, but um, doesn't matter. But they don't go around the streets yelling "rag and bone man." You just know what they are, right? Anyway, that was stupid. Wilhelm's line where he goes, "We can stop at killing what is good in us, or they will have died for nothing," and I really like that. And that was part of one of his like super, like okay, okay. So to say, I did not like this episode, which was obvious. That line that Wilhelm delivered, which was a great line, don't get me wrong, uh, was delivered to during... So he was... It was not... The but case. it was delivered to the scene with, with Susie, which was the most fucking... Wedged in. Sappy Yeah, it was the bullshit. most wedged in saccharine line ever, so... Well, no, I mean, it was a good line, but... It would have been a great line had it been delivered in a, a, a setting that was maybe a little bit more You know, solid. it would have been a great line at mass. And it would have right? it would have covered him a little bit longer. Like, literally, that line was, was delivered during a scene when my only note is, what the fuck is this music? Oh, God, that music. It was so bad. And so like they completely When you're when you're living your life, your background is different. It's not like it's not some it's not perfectly fit. And the fact that there was this like crescendo of cute romantic music while he was giving this really good line is fucking ridiculous. I am I have finished an entire bottle of wine. Alright, alright. So normally this is an area when we go, how do you like your wine? But I'm going to guess how you liked your wine. Because I think I know you pretty well. Mm-hmm. It's an Italian wine. You have a Pinot Noir. I'm going to get yours from California. I'm going to okay. get yours as well. Yep, yep, so let's yep. do this. All right. I'm guessing you give that wine a 4.5. I'm give it a 6, actually. Shit, that was my first instinct and I didn't go with it. I thought you were going to say six. In my head, I was thinking, she's going to say six. And we're going to be sorry. I almost said six. That was my first fucking instinct. And I was like, no, she's been bitching about it this whole time. No, I haven't been bitching about it this whole time. I bitched about it at the beginning. But you were right. It needed airing. <laughs> Aha! But I, it's next to my cold-ass window. That helps. All right. How do you think I liked my wine? Your Pinot Noir from California 2016? Mm-hmm. I think it was just suitable. Is that a good word? Like a... Out of ten. Out of ten. Oh, fuck me. I'm not good with these. Seven? That's what I was saying! You got it exactly right! Yeah. I think it was a suitable no, it was, wine. It was suitable. I will say, partially, I gave it a seven tonight because I opened it on Wednesday. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> it would have, it but it Okay, only here's the thing you have to absolutely half. know about Carol and I. I buy wines for the podcast. <laughs> and then I don't drink again. Until the podcast. Until the podcast. So um so that's every two every fortnight, yeah. But if you wanna find us before the next two weeks are up, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at classlicity. Excuse me. Uh, hold on, I've gotta stop. <laughs> I've got to start belching, and then I can actually tell you. <laughs> I'm. It's it's fucking. It's French onion now. It's not even the Pinot Gris here. I'm. I'm. Hold on. Now I'm dizzy. I drank a whole bottle of wine. <laughs> oh. I'm at SDM rights and. Please follow me because I retweet some really interesting people of color that you need to know about. And you can follow our official Twitter 
at Wine Murder Night. Which and you, you should, because I put little trivia every once in a while at random times that are not popular on Twitter, because <laughs> I don't know how social media works. But you also absolutely need to follow us because this is the fourth episode of Father Brown. Oh yeah, what the which fuck? Which means... Oh, yeah. It means that Carol's going to do the poll that we haven't even talked about yet. That's exactly what it means. Good job, Sabrina. <laughs> so, how we choose our <laughs> So, how we choose our next episode, or next thing to watch after we watch 5 episodes of one TV show is that we give you guys a poll on and you guys get to choose what the next thing that we review is. And subscribe on iTunes Podbean, Spotify, we're going to try and get that up and running. Everywhere you could possibly want to subscribe. Tell your friends to listen to. If your friends like Cozy Mysteries, this is the premier Cozy Mystery podcast. It is the only, it is the fucking only Cozy Mystery podcast. Everybody does true crime. We don't do true crime. We only do fake crime. Uh, But if you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we will send you a special shout-out. At the end of the next episode, give you a, a nice toast because we're a wine show. Oh, and yeah. Drink. I don't, um, huzzah. <laughs> we would also like to say thank you to Anton Koryakov. No, we would like to say fucking spasiva, and I hate that you say thanks. We would like to say spasiva to Anton Koryakov, who wrote Simple Life off the album Restart or 